You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we are two sports writers who started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to those who are checking the show out for the first time today, and another thank you to our loyal fans for checking back in with us again today. Still basking in the win on Sunday. Obviously, we are on to Dallas now, right? The Chargers are playing another high-powered offense this week, or not another one, because I guess Washington wasn't really that. But the Chargers have a new team to compare themselves with this team. We'll get into that a little bit today, but we're going to start the show by talking about power rankings for the first time. And we haven't really talked about power rankings at all this year, but the Chargers had some movement. So we'll kind of compare some of the power rankings that are out there and what the national media kind of thinks about the Chargers right now and get into our locked on NFL host power rankings too. I mean, pretty much the same as what you're going to see out there for the most part, but some definite interesting things to talk about there. Also, Forrest Merrill being protected this week. That's exciting. And then in segments two and three, we're going to get into some voicemails, and we have a lot of good voicemails to get into today. Thanks to you guys. We'll talk about how Ode Abushi and Corey Lindsley haven't been getting enough love from this show this week. Fair. Hand up. Those dudes were impressive. We'll also talk about the Chargers potentially hiding some of the playbook in that game to keep under wraps for later on and maybe potentially having different matchups for different teams when they come into town. And then to wrap up the show, we'll also be getting into the Chargers' next test this week going up against the Dallas Cowboys and some really good receivers over there and a good running game. And we'll also get into the game that we're most excited for this season and what game we will try to be going to because me and David are both going to try to make it out to a game this season. David has one circled on his calendar already. I also need to tell you guys about the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast because it's one of the best places to get your draft information from. And it's relaunching September 20th with brand new hosts, Former NFL player Eric Crocker brings the player scouting, and Ryan Tracy brings the analytics to follow Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, David, let's talk about some power rankings. And I don't love doing shows about power rankings just because I feel like sometimes people don't care about power rankings. But me as a fan, I'm always looking at power rankings. I mean, I always, even with the Chargers, I mean, I'm looking and seeing where the Chargers end up on all these lists, especially after a win, right? You're seeing how much they've moved up. So I wanted to get into that today. And we'll start with the locked on NFL host power rankings. And the Chargers were well respected on that list. They come in at number 11. They're behind the Cardinals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, 49ers, Bills, Seahawks, Rams, Chiefs, and Bucks. Not a bad, you know, spot to be on that list. I mean, when you look, they're ahead of the Saints, ahead of the Packers, ahead of some other good teams as well. But a couple of things play into this. I mean, the Packers were awful in week one. They're dropping big time. The Tennessee Titans dropped by nine spots. They were a team I think most of the nation thought would be better than the Chargers this year. After one week, it didn't even look close. I mean, Chandler Jones, five sacks on Ryan Tannehill. You don't want to overreact to one game, but I think this is about right. It is a little weird. The Chargers don't move up at all, but I think too many people, David, are seeing 20 to 16 and not really understanding how impressive that win was from the Chargers without that proper context. Yeah, I, especially with this particular game going against the Washington 
Washington football team, they have a phenomenal defense. Don't get me wrong. Some of their fans might not think so after this week one game, but it's true. They have <laughs> That's some been a real funny dudes. thing, too, though, because like I saw one somebody commented on one of our posts, and it's like, Washington is so mad that the Chargers offense did that to them that they are basically just trashing their own team, saying, hey, our defense wasn't even that good. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It was. It was really funny, and and it, it got a good amount of likes uh, on that post as well, which I thought was really And really, it's true. It, it is true. It is definitely true. But, yeah, I, I like where they're at. I, I think that that's a pretty good spot for them. It is a little uh, annoying to see some of those teams that lost their first game ranked above them, but you also have to think about who they played against. Like, for example, the Browns playing against the Chiefs, losing to the Chiefs. That's really not – so bad. I mean, the you Chiefs shouldn't get moved down for that. Yeah, right. The Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league. We all know that. So the Browns losing to that team. We also think the Browns are a really good football team, and you know their fans deserve it. They've been they they've been really bad for a long time. So the fact that they have a, a decent team the the last couple of years, I think, is good for that city and for that fan base. But the Chargers being at eleven, uh, I think that's a pretty safe spot for them. Uh, but I do expect them to move uh, after everyone gets more information. Yeah, and I mean, I think just treading water, right, staying where you're at after week one, where you learn so much about so many other teams, right, that you might not have thought, you know, about them before going into that game. So many teams where you just were surprised by the results. Like, maybe not that they lost, but the way that they lost. Yeah, that Packer game, man, cases. that one was absolutely insane. And I have a couple of Packer fans and a, and a Saint fan that I work with at my actual job outside of this. Well, this is my actual job, but right. my main job, I should say, <laughs> Your day that job. were absolutely astounded by that performance. I don't think anyone expected it. I, I also think that some of those distractions I think that happened with Aaron Rodgers was maybe a little bit uh, to blame for that performance. And I'm not going to mail it in on them yet because it is Aaron Rodgers, but right. that was very alarming. Yeah, and a lot of these lists have the Chargers ranked higher than the team in the Packers that, you know, was a NFC championship team last year, right? They went to the NFC championship game. They have the reigning NFL they have the reigning MVP on their roster. So, like, you think that they're definitely going to bounce back. But still a startling performance, to be sure. They're ahead of the Packers on a lot of these lists. And that's one of those things where that one's definitely maybe a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. But when you look at that list, it's like, who are you putting them over? I mean, the Cardinals were really good last week. That looked like a good team. The Steelers looked like a really good team. The Browns still looked like a good team, like you said. Maybe the Ravens. I mean, I think there's an argument to be made for the Ravens, but overall, I don't think there's a lot of teams. I was surprised to see the 49ers at number six, but out of the other NFL power rankings that you looked at, David, I know you looked at a few. I did as well. The highest I saw the Chargers, I guess the lowest I saw them ranked was 15th. ESPN had them there. A couple of other sites had them there, and I think Yahoo Sports had them at number eight. So that's kind of the range where these are. Which one of them did you think was the most accurate, or do you have any big exceptions you would take with any of those rankings? Yeah, a lot of the rankings that I looked at were around 11 or 10, which I think that's pretty much accurate to where they are right now until we really see everything that we want to see about this team. Because I think a lot of questions were answered in week one, but we still have some other questions that need to be answered, like how they're going to use Austin Eckler, how they're going to make adjustments week to week. Uh, how how they're going to manage injuries, all that. There's a lot that are, that we're still wondering how they're going to do. But 
I think the one that was really annoying to me the most is that one at 15. I, I just don't I don't see that. I, I just don't understand why ESPN has them ranked at 15 when they went up against a team in the Washington football team who has a, such a dominant defense and they reloaded on offense as well. I think that's a more impressive win than people are giving them credit for. So 15 for me, ESPN, come on, man. One, in these power rankings, too, you're seeing the Washington football team drop a lot, too. So even if the Chargers aren't big movers, people are seeing that and saying, oh, well, maybe Washington just isn't as good as we thought, right? Yet, at the same time, though, when you're watching pregame shows, you saw those pictures all over social media. There wasn't an analyst that was picking the Chargers, right? I mean, as far as the pregame shows and the national media, and as far as that's concerned, I mean, the Chargers were not getting a lot of love going into that one, but it seemed like they sure had very high thoughts of, the Washington football team before that, but when and they got viciously game, trolled by the Chargers social media team yeah. after they all were wrong. Yeah, and you know, shout out to Pepsi not having Rashawn Slater as a rookie of the week candidate, but they have Trevor Fail. Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, no way that Trevor Lawrence in any universe had a better week than Rashawn Slater. I know it's a sexier name to have on the list. Linemen don't get any love. Still tough. I mean, because Rashawn Slater was so impressive, but. In other news, just to touch on it quickly, the Chargers' protected practice squad spots were announced this week, and Forrest Merrill makes the list. It's Forrest Merrill, Joe Gaziano, Brandon Faison, and Jason Moore. This just means that they can't be poached from another NFL team off of their practice squad, so it means they're safe. They cannot be taken away, and I'm not surprised to see Forrest Merrill not only on that protected list, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him in the game on Sunday against, you know, a couple of decent running backs and one, you know, we're still kind of waiting to see if Ezekiel Elliott can kind of get his shine back. But against that team, the Chargers needed a little bit more meat, a little more girth in the middle on Sunday. Maybe Forrest Merrill comes up this week. So Well, especially be really with Justin Jones and the injury and the cramp issues, Cramps. we don't know what's going to go on with that. We don't know if it's going to be going to linger or anything, but this would be a great week to have Forrest Merrill, to have him in the middle, to rotate there with Linval Joseph. Yeah, and I just think he would be a better fit than Eric Banks was for the Chargers last weekend. He got pushed around a little bit. I think they need a little bit more power in the middle. Forrest Merrill brings that in spades. He's a, yes, he a, does. As sturdy as a human being as you are going to find. Just a big meatball. I love him so much. And he's protected now, so he's safe for another week. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do want to get into your guys' voicemail, some reactions from the game. To talk about what games we're most excited to go see this season in person and we're going to get into those voicemails coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the locked on chargers podcast is betonline.ag we're back in better than ever and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season and as always betonline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season football season is undoubtedly the best time to be betting on sports and right now with a new updated site and interface you can find even more odds props and contests at betonline.ag if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up with the promo code locked on. And it's not even just football. I mean, you can look at basketball, boxing. You can even do your favorite Vegas casino games and do it with the one place we trust with our money. And that is Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, well, now it's time to get into some voicemails, and I know we've been putting this off a little bit, but you guys had a lot of voicemails after that first Chargers win of the season and a lot of really good stuff to talk about. So we wanted to get into some voicemails today. If you don't know the number, 
It's 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. Just call in, leave your voicemail, and your voice will be right next to ours on the show. So let's get into these here and let's get into Avery Jacobs, who has a couple of guys maybe we haven't been talking about enough. Hi, my name is Avery Jacobs. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say was that I think also Ode Abushi and Corey Lindsley also had uh, 100% win rates. And I believe before the Ravens and Raiders game, uh, there were three total, including Rashawn Slater, of the nine uh, linemen with uh, enough pass-blocking plays to do so. So three of the nine, it wasn't just Rashawn Slater, I think. Very fair, David. I don't remember where I saw it, but I did see a graphic saying that all three of those guys, Odea Bushi, Corey Lindsley, and Rashawn Slater, and pass protection on Sunday were pretty much perfect, right? No pressures allowed, winning all of their matchups up front. Those guys, even with all the talk of Rashawn Slater and even Storm Norton coming in and playing well, those guys deserve a lot of credit because both of those guys were really, really good on Sunday. Rashawn Slater was really good, and he's the first-round pick, and that's why he was getting all the praise. But you're absolutely right. Corey Lindsley in the middle of that offensive line, helping Justin Herbert with the checks and the protections, taking some of that off his plate, definitely was beneficial for him. Odea Bushi, who had an up-and-down camp, I'd say. I mean, we were a little critical of him in the preseason, but he comes out there and he has a flawless performance. We see him get a couple of pancakes in the run game. Odea Bushi played very, very well. So, yes, we got to give credit where credit is due. The offensive line as a whole, spare for a couple of blemishes, were really, really good on Sunday. Yeah, and Corey Lindsley, I mean, just it's so hard to live up when you're the highest paid, play, highest paid player at your position, right? When you're the big free agent acquisition and you have those standards in that quarterback to protect behind you, that's a really tough thing to do. What did he do? He looked exactly like he did with the Packers, giving up no pressure, calling things out as he saw it, helping Justin Herbert, Corey Lindsley, Odeabushi, super impressive and part of the big reason that the Chargers only allowed pressure on 12% of the dropbacks for Justin Herbert, which is unheard of if you've watched the Chargers over the last couple of years. But let's get to the next voicemail here. and We have Ricky from OKC. Let's see what he has for us. Hey, guys. Ricky D from OKC here. I have a really nice and easy theory as to why we didn't see too much from Eckler and Palmer, and I'd love to get your takes on this as well. My theory is the simple fact that Lombardi didn't want to open the whole playbook against the Washington whatchamacallit. And like we saw, and like y'all alluded to in the most recent podcast, we didn't need to. We executed when we needed to. The Lindsley-Herbert chemistry is already there and flourishing. And the best part is that all of our mistakes are fixable. Really love what I'm seeing from our Bolt so far. Thank you guys for your continuous hard work. And as always, Bolt up. So this reminds me of another one that I had, another voicemail that is from Curtis Loki, and we'll get into a different one of his voicemails later. I'm going to kind of add them together here because that could be part of it. The Chargers could be hiding the playbook a little bit. You don't want to give up everything in the first week. At the same time, hey, you had to go put some plays out there to go win that game, right? You still had to have some things in your bag to take out when you needed it in that fourth quarter, running six minutes and 43 seconds off the clock. The other part of it here that Curtis Loki was talking about is the matchups from week to week. Will we see different personnel getting used and different guys kind of put in the spotlight from week to week? Maybe, you know, it's a Jalen Guyton game, as he was saying. Maybe it's an Austin Eckler game one week. And I do think we'll see that, David. I mean, I think different guys are going to get the spotlights different weeks, especially not just based on matchups, but hey, 
Now that you saw what this guy did, the next week we're going to decoy that guy and use this guy to hit you over here. So I do think, especially with the way this coaching staff thinks, you're going to see different guys coming through depending on who they're playing. Yeah, well, I think the big point of emphasis about this was because of Austin Eckler and how he wasn't really used a lot in the passing right. game. That was a, a big Josh question. Palmer, yeah. yeah, and Josh Palmer. They were wondering why they weren't more heavily involved. But I think for Austin Eckler, it was partially because of the injury. They, they wanted to try to take care of him and limit his snaps a little bit. But also, I do think it has uh, something to do with not revealing everything all at once. You don't want to uncover everything that you have planned and also i i believe that they use certain plays to set up other plays that they might use later on and also i know some other people were wondering why did they didn't throw the ball deep i think they will and they will at certain points they're going to take their shots but they're going to try to set that up as well it is going to change week to week the coaching staff wants to use personnel groupings to their advantage and they want to put their players in positions to succeed and succeed against specific opponents. So, yes, I do believe that rotation is going to be different from week to week depending on the opponent. Yeah, and I think even more important than just getting different guys out there and making different guys the focus is just you don't really need to hide a lot of your playbook if you're using your own playbook to your advantage, right, and you're using your own tendencies to create other plays where it's going to exploit a mismatch because somebody's going to try to stop the things that you already did, right? So right. I don't think they should be having to do it too much. At the same time, though, I do think, yeah, there is some of that. There is some gamesmanship there where you're going to have some more very specific plays, right? Like, we didn't see them have to break out very many third and 16 plays, but we saw the one they went with on Sunday, right? But, like, you're sure there's options there for different kinds of situations. But we do have one more voicemail to get into here. This one is from Big Red Bolts fans, one of our most consistent callers lately, and we appreciate that. Let's see what he has for us this week. Hey, guys, this is uh, Brian, a.k.a. Big Red Bolts fan. And, uh, Dan, I'm calling to eat crow. Uh, called you out for your less-than-bold-bold bold prediction of uh, a 20-17 game, and, boy, you were almost on the nose. Although I will have to say in my, de- in my defense that, if it, they needed a lot of help, let's just put it that way. You know, things are only close in, in hand grenades and horseshoes, but they needed a lot of help for your your prediction to come true. But I am very happy with how uh, the game turned out and the way we looked, especially that offensive line. Uh, save for you know, just a little bit there from Storm Norton for the most part, he held up. So, uh, yeah, we. Uh, we look good uh, in the phases we needed to and at the times that we needed to. So, uh, go Bolts. You guys are going to accuse me of just putting this on because he said that my prediction was very close? Oh, no. I'm just playing. But, yeah, the thing about predictions is, like, I mean, I just always assumed that something weird was going to happen in this game because it's the Chargers, right? Like, that's just what happens. Whether it's good weird or bad weird, you never know. The last couple of years has been a lot of bad weird. Chargers games never go according to plan. but. I do also want to just emphasize that the game predictions aren't bowl predictions. The bowl predictions are the player predictions, thinking someone's going to have a big game. When I'm doing my game prediction, I'm giving you what I really think is going to happen and, you know, what I think the score is going to be. It's all a crapshoot to some extent. Like, it's so hard to predict scores and look at every person that picked the Washington football team over the Chargers last weekend, right? But thank you for calling in and admitting it. I know that the Chargers definitely should, though, I've put up at least like 34 points in that game. So you're right. A lot of things had to happen to get there. The Chargers should have put up a lot more points offensively than they did. But 
We do have one more segment to get into because we do have some more voicemails to get into. So coming up after this, we're going to talk about games that me and David are going to try to attend and what game we're looking forward to most on the Chargers schedule. We'll also talk about the fans that were out in Washington and also get into the Chargers matchup this week against the Cowboys and what that is going to bring to the table for the Chargers defense and what they're going to have to do against that. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I also need to tell you guys about the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And of course, I'm talking about my favorite protein bar, and that is Built Bar. Let me ask you something. Do you like peanut butter brownies? Do you like coconuts, almonds, cherries, mint brownies? Well, if you like any of those things and you know all the other delicious flavors from Built Bar, you are going to find your favorite protein bar at BuiltBar.com because one of the things about Built Bar that I love the most is they taste great. And for me, that's going to be the most important thing because if I'm going to eat it consistently, I have to like it. And the other thing is variety, and you're going to get that with Built Bar because if you guys buy a mixed box, you can try every flavor that Built Bar has right now so you can find your favorites and get boxes of those down the road. But I love Built Bar because it feels like you're having something you should feel guilty about, but you don't have to because it's probably going to fit in your diet. I mean, most of the bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. And you're just not going to find those numbers in something that tastes as good as a Built Bar and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And right now, if you didn't think it could get any better, you're wrong because you can even save some money on Built Bars right now. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, David, well, now it's time to get back into some of these voicemails, and we loved hearing you guys, especially the energy from after this last game because it was a really fun game, and I feel like you just got to see the Chargers answer a lot of the questions that we had for them this offseason and pass those tests with flying colors. So let's get into one here from Curtis Loki, who liked the performances of some players and also is looking forward to this weekend's matchup against the Cowboys. Hey guys, Curtis Loki. Uh just uh just calling uh to you know celebrate the Chargers win and had a couple of takeaways from the game. One and probably one of the most important, uh other than the fact that we won, our kicker made all of his kicks. So that was a great feeling. Um I think that Roundtree well, looks pretty good. You know, we'll, we'll see how things look moving forward um, once Kelly gets back and how he gets back into the mix. Um, and then, uh, man, our uh, our young our young stud, Sante uh, uh, Samuel Jr. looks pretty damn good, man. Kind of a kind of a fan. Uh, Derwin James had a huge presence on the field. Kenneth Murray, you know, at least to me, you know, I, I don't think he had a great game, but Kazir White definitely stayed the case. But yeah, man, overall, it was a good game. Um, you know, it's a lot tougher than anticipated. Belaga already went out with back issues, so it'd be a long year dealing with that. But, 
But yeah, man. Um, happy about the win. Look forward to the Cowboys game. It's going to be a tough one, man. I don't know. We're going to have to pick and choose between CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Um, and hopefully Michael Davis uh, plays a little better in that game. But anyway, of course, love the show. I've always been listening. I hope you guys don't think I've been uh, away. It's just been a real busy fire season. All right, man. You guys take care. Go Bulls. I mean, yes. One of the things that can't be underrated in this game is Tristan Viscaino going out there and making all of his kicks. Yes, he didn't have any 50-yarders or anything like that. But still a big game from Tristan Viscaino just being perfect because that's obviously hard to do. Asante Samuel Jr., definitely a good game. And there's some guys who didn't play that great either. But at the same time, I do want to talk about this Cowboys part of this that you brought up because... Yeah, I do think that Michael Davis will kind of have to be better than he was this week, next week against the Cowboys. I think it is a deeper receiving core for the Cowboys, even though they're not going to have Michael Gallup. I think that the talent of those top two guys, Amari Cooper and also C.D. Lamb, is going to be something that's going to be tough. They also have a pretty good offensive line, even though they're not going to have their right tackle next week. Either way, David, I do think this, as we saw this weekend, we wanted to know what we were going to see from this Chargers offense against Washington Now I think the spotlight this week is on the defense because this is a better offense that you're going up against this week than the Washington football teams. Obviously, they put up a lot of points against the Super Bowl champs, given some, you know, weird situations and a lot of turnovers by the Buccaneers. But I do think this will be a game where we will learn about about the Chargers defense. Definitely, because this passing offense that they're going to go up against Daniel is probably going to be a top five passing offense in the league if this first game is any indication. If Dak is able to stay healthy, he's going to be slinging it all over the field. But their defense is trash. (laughs) It, It did not get any better even after them throwing like nine picks at the defense exclusively. It did not look like it got any better. And yeah, they were going up against Tom Brady and everything, but... Justin Herbert is not going to be a bad quarterback that they're going to go against. This is a guy who can make every throw in the book, who is mobile, who can throw on the run, who is intelligent, who looks like he's in a system that is built specifically for him and his gifts. So that defense is going to be in for a long game, but it's going to be who's going to be able to stop the offense. Who is going to be able to stop which offense is going to determine who wins this game. Yeah, I mean, it is one of those games where it's like, we're not worried about the offense this week. I mean, the one thing that they will have to do offensively is just make sure when they do move the ball, because we assume that they will, that they're scoring touchdowns right and not struggling in the red zone like last week. But Michael Davis wasn't the best game from him, and I do think he can still get better, and I think there was a reason that you saw him play in a preseason game, right, which you would think the starting cornerback for your team isn't necessarily going to be out there. Brandon Staley felt like he needed it. It looks like it because this is a lot different for Michael Davis. I mean, he has been improving a lot, but everything changed for him this year. So I do think it is going to take some time for him to adjust. He still has all that talent and it doesn't just go away, but he will have to be better for the Chargers going up against the Cowboys. Let's get into this next voicemail here. This one is going to be from Ronnie in Simi Valley. Let's see what he has for us. Hey, guys, this is Ronnie from Simi Valley. Um, Man, I could smell that victory brisket already. Hey, you know what? I just want to cut. I just called really to give a shout out to the fans that were there. You know, it was nice to see some Potter Blues out there. And for us that we're known for no fans, hey, they they went out there and they represented. And a lot of number 10s out there. And also, as silly as this sounds, shout out to Tristan Viscaino for not missing. You know what? Everybody knows our, our history with kickers. And, uh, you know what? Hopefully, hopefully he could keep that up. 
So anyway, man, hey, I'm pumped. I had to call you guys. And uh, you know what? Enjoy your week. Bolt up. Hey, I love the kicker shout outs. And yeah, let's, you know, give a round of applause to you for the fans that were out there in Washington. Because after that game, when all of the football team's fans were filing out of the stadium, I know it felt good for those players walking off that field to get that kind of standing ovation that they got. And that's the thing about the Chargers. People always think that they have no fans. To me, I just think the Charger fans are pretty scattered. Like, I mean, I see it from the listeners that we have from all over the world. Like, Chargers Mm -hmm. fans are a scattered group. I'm a little bit worried about this weekend with the Cowboys. I think that could be 70-30 Cowboys fans just because the Cowboys fans are relentless and they're everywhere. And everyone knows friends that are Cowboys fans. And they're all going to be stoked, all the Cowboys fans living in California, to go see their team the one game out of the season that they get a chance to do it. But you saw how strong the Chargers fan base is, how many people were going out there traveling to Washington to see that game. I thought that was something that was really cool and something that definitely stood out to me over the weekend. But we do have one more voicemail to get into here, and it's talking about the game we are most excited about. Let's hear what Devin from L.A. has for us. Hey, guys. Devin from L.A. here. Just wanted to say so excited to finally have some Chargers football back. Got a good, solid win in the first week. So many more games to come, so much more excitement. And um, my question to you guys is, game, are you most looking forward to watching this season in terms of just overall excitement, rivalry, just anything that you could imagine that would go to this game to make it the number one game on your list? Also, if you guys plan on going to any game this season, what game is that on your list? And then um, possible meetup and uh, brewski after. All right, you guys have a good one. Uh, doing a great job on the show, as always. Full up. Devin, you just got your voicemail in right before the deadline, right before we started recording the show. Great questions. We appreciate you calling in. David, what game are you most excited for, and are you going to a Chargers game this season? The game I'm most excited for this year is the Patriots game because of how they got embarrassed last year. It was probably Herbert's worst performance. He was very flummoxed. He did not know what was going on. That defense had him thinking a lot more than he normally does. And a lot of the times they say, hey, don't think. You're just going to hurt the team. They want you to go out there and be able to play free. But he just couldn't do that. He was he was really in all kinds of fits in that game. So I'm really excited to see him go back up against this Patriots team again with Bill Belichick and also have Brandon Staley kind of match Bill Belichick and see that kind of war of the minds as well. That's a very intriguing matchup for me. And as far as the game I'm going to go to, I have one already circled on the calendar. I live in Texas for those of you that don't know. So the Houston game, uh, the day after Christmas, I am going to be at that game for sure. Well, that's very exciting. I know that you were impressed by that stadium, too, the last time that you went to it. Anytime the Chargers are playing in Houston, David Drogemeyer will be at the game. But it is nice to have one that's that close to you because, obviously, living in Texas, you're probably not going to have a lot of opportunities. And I think, I mean, Houston's the best opportunity you get, right? Like, that's the closest they're going to get to you. Houston or Dallas, but, of course, Dallas is playing in Los Angeles this year, and we're not going to see Dallas for another four years. So, yeah, Yeah. Houston's definitely the best opportunity for me. Unless they get him with one of these random, you know, 17th game selection ones. I had the Patriots, too. I know me and you both got on. I was like, really? We both had the Patriots? 
for those same reasons, right? I want to see how much of the coaching, you know, advantage is taken away now that the Chargers have a head coach that you feel like can match wits with some of the best around the NFL. It seems that way. That's how smart Brandon Staley is. And it was Justin Herbert's worst game. I mean, that's just what it was last season. He was not good against the Patriots, and that's what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. He's not a rookie anymore, Bill. So I'm excited to watch that game, and I'm excited for a lot of different games for different reasons. Like, I'm excited for the Steelers game because all the Chargers do is play bangers against the Steelers. Like, those games are always fire against the Steelers. The Ravens, I mean, that's another game to look forward to, too, because those games, there's a long history there of some crazy games. Even a team like the Browns, right? Another up-and-coming team. Really a showdown, I think, of two teams who are trying to cement themselves in the upper tier of the AFC. I think that's another game. game. Yeah, I mean, a lot of... I mean, it's going to be a crazy next few weeks for the Chargers. Their opening schedule is just brutal these first eight games, so... We're going to learn a lot about this team in the next few weeks, right? In the next couple of months leading up to the bye and even after the bye. They're going to have some pretty tough teams on their schedule, and we're going to know just how good this team is. But I will go to a game. I will go to a game this year. I haven't picked it out, but yes, I mean, I'd love to meet up with you guys at a bar, go get a beer, and I will definitely give you guys a heads up when I figure out which game I'm going to go to. So if you want to come up and hang out and say hi and what's up and all that stuff, I don't know if me and David are going to be able to join each other for a game this year. We'll see what happens. I mean, I didn't think David was going to FanFest either. So crazier things have happened, but I'll definitely, when we are going to these games, we'll give you guys a heads up. But that is going to do it for today's show. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow because tomorrow is an important one. We're going to be joined by the Locked On Cowboys podcast. It's crossover Thursday. We're going to go behind enemy lines and get an inside look at what the Chargers are going to be going up this weekend going up against this weekend with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm super excited to listen to it. I'm super excited to see what those guys over there have to say about this upcoming game. Do they think they're going to beat the Chargers? But to make sure you guys don't miss it, make sure to follow wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even the new Odyssey app. And it's always free. You never have to pay for anything. And make sure you will never miss the show. If you follow us on social media, you will never miss the show either because me and David post every show every day to both of our Twitters. And you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD as well as the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. We've also been trying to get better at our Instagram page at LockdownChargers. And we also post every show to our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page too. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for Crossover Thursday with the Lockdown Cowboys. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.